Right now, though, we said we would talk about the private security industry because we had a caller. It was last week, right? We had our caller on this issue of having to pay for what what can we describe it as, as their certificate or their grading? The, the, the issue was their grading, right? Having to pay for it. Eric is in Cape Town. Hello, Eric. Uh, hello, sir. Yeah, it's Eric Gay in Cape Town. I'm working as a security uh, in an armed response division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I wanted to know, I don't have information for that. It's in, yeah, the in great security grade. You have to, oh, there's some month now, you have to renew your, 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 your grades. But what is confusing me, I don't know where the money goes on that part. And also we got the cards. You have to pay for it to get a card for security. And you find out that we're not sure where the money goes because it's not adding on security cards what the money they are paying. You find out you go to the client. The client is paying, let's say, 14000 for the guard. The guard is getting three and a half or four. You see? So you, you're, you is, are... But Eric, is, is your company not paying for this relicensing or registration that you've got to do? Now, sir, you... You must pay yourself. Buy. Yes, and you renew the driver's license and all this stuff if you are armed response. That, where's my question? Where this money goes? Because it's not adding to us. We can pause it there. Um, Kolani Gwala is joining us. He is Regional Manager, Western Cape Private Security Industry, uh, Regulatory Authority, better known as, is it called Sira Kolani? Yes, uh, in short, it's called uh, Sira. Sira, welcome. Um, Kolani, you heard Eric's issue. Is this a common issue? Security, we call them security guards. You must probably call them private security personnel. They have to pay for for the grading. Uh, yes, uh, they have to pay for the renewal of their certificates and cards as well. Uh, the reason why they have to pay is that um, there were there was a lot of um, fraudulent certificates or documents in the industry. So, as part of eliminating that, um, Sarah introduced the this idea of the renewals. Mm. This idea is uh, permitted by law uh, in terms of the SERA Act. So the reason why they have to pay is because um, the quality, for an example, of the paper that uh, the certificates are printed on uh, has improved security features, and so is the card as well, the ID card. How much do they, they pay? Um, in total, both of them, it's 100 rands. It's 50 rand for the cut, and it's, uh, uh, I think it's 70 rand for the certificate thereabout. And um, the certificate is valid for 18 months, while the cut is uh, valid for 12 months. But And of course, they would have been registered with you from the first time they received their grading. You have, have a proper list, so you can check, and then they're given this um, as you said, something with more security features on it. Yes, that's correct. Uh, the first thing that they need to do is to be registered with CIRA, and then we give them these two things, and then they can go and participate in the industry. What happens to a, a security person who hasn't had um, you know, work for a few months, uh, who needs to attain work, but you know, might not have the monies to buy the card or get 
um, get the renew? You know, um, from the very first instance, when the person applies, uh, there are registration fees that are involved. So in uh, the registration fee, it was 190 and it just went up. I think it's about um, 230 or so, thereabout. Um, that fee includes the amount for the card and also the amount for the certificate. And then after a year, when, when, when the, the validity of those two have lapsed, uh, then only then do they come back and uh, register with us. I mean, and, and renew with us. Yeah, that's the initial. That, that's the initial registration. But is there no subsidy program? Do you not encourage employers, those who run massive security companies, to assist with this? Because the the um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but since we had this, this discussion, the amount of security personnel that call us and talk about. Um, how little they earn. It's shocking. Yeah, um, that's that's true. But there are those companies that are willing to pay for these things, for their cards. And um, it, it's entirely up to the to the company to do that. It's it's not uh, legislated that the company must pay for its employees. So if, if the company does pay, then it's, um, it's an advantage to the security officers employed. Um, as an authority, would you start encouraging companies to do that? You know, um, I, I would say it's, it's a bit of um, of something that is out of our turf. Uh, it's not a regulated uh, matter that the employer must pay. But those employers that can pay, especially the big uh, companies, big company, uh, security companies, if, if they do pay, uh, that is welcomed. But we cannot force them or we cannot... Um, tell them to do that. It's, they, do, they do so entirely on their own will. One of the things that, that, that's obviously concerning is an industry just like we have um, with the mining industry anywhere else, where Eric described how he left um, I think it was Johannesburg the, or PE that he moved from to Cape Town just to earn a little more in this industry. Do you find in certain areas um and uh, around certain conditions, like even uh, migrant labor, that many security officials are are actually at the at the whim or the power of of the company. You know, they they can't get job growth basically. Um, you know, the, the the industry is more or less the same uh, throughout the country. The only difference is that um, given the situation in South Africa, there are rural areas and. and Areas. So those who are in urban areas are more likely to to move quicker than those who are in rural areas. Uh, reason being that um, the security needs in urban areas or in cities is different. And um, sometimes you find that even their pay as well is, is different from those uh, who are in the rural areas. Yep, and the conditions of, of employment, things of that nature, do you guys often look into that? Yes, we, we do look into that uh, together with the Department of Labor. It's just that we have different powers. But uh, there is uh, what is called the sectoral determination, yep. which deals with uh, with the private security industry. We have uh, inspectors who go out to businesses and conduct inspections to verify the levels of uh, compliance insofar as the matters that are, are regulated there. Uh, in, in, in the SD6. 
how do we improve the industry? Where, where do you find it, it at this juncture? What positive changes and what challenges are there? I'll speak mainly um, on what is happening here in the Western Cape. Uh, one of the problems here is that there are a lot of companies that are operating while they are not registered with us. The, one of the f- uh, first requirements is that a company must be registered with Sierra. So there is a lot of those who, um, that operate while they are not registered. To improve that, um, to some extent, we rely on the public yeah. to re- uh, report to us if they see such people um, or such companies. And they can also take the initiative to call us uh, or check in, uh, from the website if the companies that they contract or that they see around, for example, at the malls, are registered with us. And then we will follow up with that if, if there's a prima facie case that they are not registered with us. Those are the issues, the regulation of the industry, certainly the, the employment conditions, but there's been a lot of talk of keeping international conglomerates out of the industry and transforming it, um, kind of hyper-localizing it. Do you see that as a positive change or or is that going to mean that certain um, brand security companies, call them multinationals, um, are just going to exit South Africa? You know, um, for me, I, would, I would say there are arguments for the position that um, the, the big, uh, conglor- um, big companies must, must um, give up most of their shareholding. And also there are arguments for the idea that, no, they must keep the, the, the status quo as is. So w- without going into the, into the integrities of those uh, arguments, um, uh, allow me please not to, 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 to go into that. I understand. Put it that way. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Then to, to those customers out there who expect the industry, I mean, this is one of uh, the key industries um, around, let's say, personal services. We expect the industry to develop. We expect changes to happen. But from a customer's perspective, do you think um, a lot of consideration is actually made um, to developing an awareness of of actually the the industry structure? Should we know more as as people pay for private security? Of course, yes. Uh, there is a, 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 a big role that the clients can can play in this, even the public itself. Um, with the client, with the clients, uh, the act an obligation on a on a client to make sure that if they contract a security service with a security company, mm. the client must make sure that it is a legitimate uh, security company by by touch basing with us to check and verify the registration status um, of, of that business. And insofar as the public, um, like for example, I, um, I mentioned earlier on that um, if in, at, at the malls, for an example, you see something suspicious about a security company or the security card that is there at the mall, maybe you feel that they are not aware of what they need to do. Then the, the, the members of the public can phone us and lodge a complaint and then we'll go there and verify and then give it that back. So you would actually respond to a a public complaint around the practice of a security official? 
Yes, we do get a lot of those and we investigate and we give uh, feedback to the complainant. Um, let's quickly give out your, your, your uh, complaints number. Um, they can send an email directly to me mm-hmm. or uh, to our head office, but head office will still uh, send it uh, down to uh, to me. Yeah. The one for for head office is info info at, at, at yep. psira yep. dot co dot za. Dot za and that would still and come to you at a regional level. Yes, then uh, it's gonna be filtering through to to the regional level. I can also give my email address as well. If no, no, let's leave it at info. Let's leave it at info okay. for now. And and anyone who wants to join us, ever had an issue with private security? Um, let's hear from you. 021-446-0567. Uh, that's the number to call. Or you can WhatsApp on 0721, sorry, 0725671567. Talking to Kualani Gwala, not our Radio 702 Kualani Gwala, by the way, but the regional manager of the Western Cape Private Security Industry Regulatory Authority. I'm sure you've you've heard people say to you, are you that, Kualani? Um, uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot. No, a lot. it's got to be. Look, it, how could it not happen that, uh, you know, two guys could have the same name? Can happen. Sure, there's another Vernon Adams out there. But at 21 minutes after midnight, I'm very grateful for you being with us. But right now, there are so many security officials male and female, mobile, um, those guarding, you know, commercial sites, places where the public gather, so many of them engaged in this work. Talk to us about that level that they've got to be at as well. What do you think the, 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 the competency, the, the proficiencies of these levels that you guys talk about? What's the highest level you know, that, that they get, highest level of training? You know, um, for those who do, uh, we call them uh, special events, like in the mm. stadiums, for an example, um, or uh, places like uh, John P. Med, over and above the normal trading that they need to do, they need to do courses that we call special events. Uh, it, touch, it touches on things like uh, crowd control, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we we expect, for example, the stadium management to employ people or to deploy people who have that particular type of training on special events. Uh, to be so is that a grade A, B or C? Or? No, no, no. Um, you, know, you see, it, it starts with the grade E, okay. entry level. Entry level. Uh, and then as, as, as you graduate, you move from E to D to C to B to A. But you find that the person can have a great B. But then if the person wants to be deployed to places like the stadium, like I said, because mm. those, those types of deployments are one day. So the person might want to do an extra cash on, on a day that uh, they're not uh, working or they're not posted. So they have to go and do what we call a special events. Without special events, that person is not deployable at those um, uh, special events that will be happening. So, so there's this additional training for special events. There's there's your your regular um, security that we would see, shopping malls, um, yeah. you know, places. 
uh, places where we shop or places where even I see now more and more security at um, petrol stations. That's that's correct. That's that's a trend, eh? That that you've got more security at petrol stations. Yes, you know, like like uh, Eric said, that uh, he is uh, an armed response officer. Mm. Armed response is an additional or is a specialized training okay. that one has to do over and above the grade E, D, C, B, or A. Uh, once the person gets to C, then they can do uh, armed training or cash and transit or banking um, security. And, uh, and, and would that, that training be certified by you or are there suppliers in the industry who do that, that training with with your certification or, or some some kind of monitoring? What, what happens is that uh, the training center where people go and get these grades are certified by us or are accredited by us. Okay. The, their classrooms, their course material as well is, um, goes, goes through our, our verification processes. And then once the person has been trained, the exam paper, we call it a course report, gets sent to CIRA after it's been marked. And then CIRA goes through it. And if everything is in order, then that person uh, is registered on our database. Once the person is registered on our database, then the person can come and uh, register with us. That's why the registration process uh, kicks in. But you're saying they can continue training, specialization, still at these these accredited training facilities where they could go into um, cash in transit, guarding, or special events. But these are the places where they'll receive that training? Do some of the companies do it as well? Um, the, the, yes, um, it's done by companies, but those company, uh, companies are training centers. They are not guarding because security, must remember, it's divided into different categories. Uh, one is, is um, guarding, the other would be locksmith, and a whole lot of others as well. And then the training part of it um, is where all this happens. So a, a person can open a training center with the aim of training security guards. So if, if your company is registered to render a security service, like providing mm. uh, guards, it cannot say then that it wants to render uh, a training. So you can't, you can't do both. You can't have a division in your company that does without training. Being, without, without being accredited, no, you can't. No, you can't. Um, you, you have to come with, uh, to us, and then we'll look at your premises. We'll also look at your course material and then get accredited thereafter. But I'm just thinking of some of these these major brands, you know, the internationally funded companies. Do they have, uh, surely in their own, um, within their own business structure for the kind of quality of service they want to give, do they have an aspect of training within within their, their company structure? Do you monitor them as well? Yes, we, we monitor everyone. There are a few of them that do training and carrying at the same time. But those big mm. companies that have that are, are, are guarding, they they also provide training, but not for certification purposes, but to upskill their um, their their workforce. So in in that instance, if if the purpose is to upskill their workforce, then we do not get involved. Yeah, of course. No certification that, uh, that 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 goes with it. Yeah, say and they have new that, radios in their vehicles, or um, you know they they. Exactly. They have yeah. that kind of internal um, enhancement. 
I've I've asked folks to to be honest with us. O two one four four six O five six seven. What do you think of private security? Have you had issues with companies? Here is the regulator, regional manager, Western Cape, um, for CIRA, private security industry regulatory regulatory authorities. Name's Kolani Gwala. Don't get confused. He's not my colleague from Joburg. He's the actual regional boss here for CIRA. I'm I'm encouraged, Kolani, by by your your openness to say any member of the public can direct you, the authority, to interrogate even an individual um, security person's uh, conduct. But you will also obviously look at companies and their conduct. What kind of complaints do you get? We we get a lot. Um, uh, the different different types of complaints um, from from the. People who are employed, we get issues like um, I haven't been paid or I was not paid enough, a uh, number of hours, etc., etc. And then from from the public point of view, you find that people come and say um, a particular security officer is, that is deployed somewhere is not wearing a proper uniform, so I suspect that the business is not registered. Sure. So we go there and investigate, or maybe the person did not seem to know what uh, he was supposed to do in an emergency or in a security environment. So in those instances, we go and check them. So you even you, you look into particular incidents where the the service wasn't followed through in a way that the, the customer or, or um, complainant will say, well, this wasn't done properly to my, to my understanding, and you go and verify. You know, that, that, that's a different... Um, uh, Point of view that you are bringing in now, yeah. Because that one now um, is um, is more of a service level um, kind of an infringement. So if if the client says no, this business did not um, perform to my expectations, then we do not get involved there. Then you did but, you refer them to the ombudsman? Then? Yes, we refer those to the ombudsman to the consumer okay. um, uh, commission commission. But if the member of the public comes and says. Um, for example, let's say the person went to a shop, and then at the as they exit, the security officer wanted to see the slip to confirm mm. that uh, what's in the plastic bag is the same as what is in the slip, and that security officer maybe did not wear a proper uniform or mistreated the oh. shopper, then that shopper can can uh, lodge a complaint with us, and then we will we'll follow up and then give feedback at the end. Yeah, and so you would make sure that it's. That that person is properly registered company, you know, because you would expect the, the registered company to follow some of the standard protocols, I would imagine. Yes, that's correct. And, and that's correct. often I'm very concerned with people identifying themselves. So, you know, you see people in uniform or security in uniform. And I was told recently at a shopping mall that they even have to wear name tags. They can't just wear a uniform. I wondered if that was just the shopping malls criteria. But someone said to me, no, um, this uh, supervisor there at the store said, no, the person has to be properly identified. That's that's true. Um, each company has to have a name tag. A name tag that, uh, so that, that is a rule, to. right? So you should, your, your security person at a door, you should be able to mm-hmm. see his or her full name on a name tag. That's That's very correct. Not only uh, at the malls, wherever you see a security officer deployed, 
There's one that is issued by the by, by the company, which bears the emblem, emblem, the name of the company. So they must actually have a name card or a name tag with them. So you can identify yes. the, the full name and the fact that they work for that company. For that company, yes. That's the first one. That's the first card. The second card is the, is the one that Eric referred to, yeah. that uh, he said he, he, had, he had to renew and he had to pay for. That one is issued by Sierra. The purpose of that one, firstly, it's by law that yeah. uh, whoever is deployed must have it visibly displayed in, in their body. Uh, it's, it's to make sure that that person is trained to the crate that is reflected on the card and is registered with Sierra. So you, the member and of the public, know this is a proper security, private security official with the Sierra yes. emblem on it. I'm going to try yes. and put the emblem on, on my Twitter um, timeline as well. Uh, Kolani, we've got a question from JJ and Paul. <coughs> JJ, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, may I please know from Kolani uh, the hourly pay rate for each grade, that is from grades A to E, if they differ, that is, the, if the pay rates differ. Then secondly, if you can answer, uh, what is the maximum official hours of work per week in the security industry? Those two questions, please. Of course, let's find out. Stay with us, JJ. Okay, okay I will recently listen on the radio. Eh? Okay. JJ, I'll put you, I'll put you back on hold. You can still hear. Okay. Um, regarding the the pay rates, the grade, I do not have them right uh, right in front of me right now. But what happens is that these are divided per, per area, the metropolitan area. You find that um, mm-hmm. the person who's a grade E in in, in in Cape Town is earning differently from a person who's in, for example, in Fredendale. Um, uh, unfortunately, I do not have those uh, details here. But if you go to the website, uh, the information will be there. So, so it is and there. There are standardized rates, pay rates. Yes, there are, there are standardized uh, rates. And these rates are monthly, not hourly. Although it stipulates hourly, the hourly rate is used only to calculate over time and time short uh, of, of normal work. Yeah, see, you've it's actually updated them. There's a 2016, 2017 um, yes, it, it structure. It runs from September to October. Yeah. So, so, from September to August. So, JJ must go and check this out to determine what the average monthly pay should be. For his area is. And there's the pay scale that you want to look at, right? Yes, it's it's there in the website. And and would we as consumers also then, then be able to work this out? I mean, I'm looking at a at a security officer earning something like sixteen rand eighty one cents. Security officers armed should earn eighteen rand twenty five cents per hour. This is the kind of um, kind of rates you you you're speaking of. This was yes. put out by another. Sorry, this was put out by another um, uh, company in the HR sector talking about averages. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I wouldn't uh, comment about what the company has put out, yeah. but I'd, I'd comment about what is in our Yes, website, what's on your website. Our yes. Yes. I understand you that. Know, yeah, um, the, it, it differs from grade to grade and from area to area as well. But the only rate that we've just uh, 
um, um, quoted. The hourly rate is merely is only for calculating overtime and time short of normal time. Are, unfortunately, there are those companies that uh, at the end of the month they look at how many hours the person has worked, and then they multiply that by the rate, the hourly rate. That is wrong. It's not supposed to be like that, like that. Now, maybe if I can try and answer the second question from JJ, he is talking. He, is, he wants to find out how um, how many hours maximum per, per week in this industry. Um, when it comes to weeks, um, some companies may opt to do what is called averaging. So we find that this week it, yeah, it will be 48 hours. Uh, maybe next week it's 36 or even more. But at the end of the month, they all add up to 208 hours. So a, a, a month it is 208 hours. And then the then there's overtime thereon. But the overtime per week cannot exceed uh, 12 hours, which is one shift. So that that's, you can't exceed one full shift in your overtime? Yes, in, in a week. So if, if, if you want to get um, the, the monthly numbers, you multiply that by 4.333. Okay. It will be 12 times uh, 4.333. Like it, it comes into industries having these pay scales, also based on what influenced the the industry to make those decisions. So, so what has influenced you guys? Do you deal with labour, um, or is it is it a, a, a sense of self regulation? No, um, when it comes to the working hours. It is the Department of Labor that. Yeah, well, no, but I mean the rates, the rate per hour. You know? Yes, even even the rates per hour and per month as well, uh, even the working hours. It is the Department of Labor that deals with that. Uh, they are the champion um, of this. Then we get there only as a stakeholder. Um, once uh, Labor has agreed to what has been put on the table by the employer organizations and also the unions. We then enforce it as well from our point of view. But Sarah has no leading role in determining what is to be legislated and gazetted insofar as this. And, and of course, now, so there was a suggested minimum from the Department of Labor, if yes, I can put it that way. Minimum, Something yeah, to start like, off from, like, like we have with, yeah. with, with other sectors. Um, and yeah. if, we were, if we look even at, at how it had to come about for domestic workers, they had to be yeah. a suggest, suggested minimum. That's correct. That's correct. It's, it's an interesting sector, Kulani. The, the private security industry is not as, well, one doesn't want to say simple, but not as basic as, as one would imagine. This issue of just guarding and, you know. No, no not at all. Um, especially from the, admin part of, uh, uh, from the admin side of things as well. It's not as simple as one might think. Uh, there are very intricate uh, issues that are involved there. Um, I mean, issues in relation to compliance and, 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 and such issues. No, no, be, very complex environment. Yeah, before we let, we let you go, I want to wrap up again, but you made very strong statements about unregistered security companies. We see yes. on the road two men in a, in a bucky and then, you know, there's a name on the side, something guarding 
something security. Normally they'll sit on, on a field, you know, one of those intersections, and you'll see these vehicles, you'll see these companies. How can we do a quick check if, if we wanted to use, is there something on your website where we can just type in a company's name and, and, and check on them? Yes. Uh, if, if you, again, if you go to our website, mm-hmm. you can uh, quickly check. And then it's going to tell you immediately whether that business is registered, is registered. or not. And um, if if you see a document, uh, not a kind, maybe a document for an mm-hmm. example, every official document has to have a serial registration number of that business. If that is not there, it's a non-compliance already, and we we have to deal with it as such. So on your website, I can go and check a company's name to see if it's serial registered. If it's not. It is absolutely an unregistered um, security service. And an unregistered security service is illegal. It is illegal. It's a criminal offense. Uh, Once it's reported to us, we investigate. And if it is confirmed, we then open a criminal case. We become a complainant uh, at SAPS. We give them all the information. So so someone uh, can be arrested? Yes, yes. um, there, There have been arrests that uh, took place in the past. And um, unfortunately, once a, a, uh, the owner of the company mm. has a criminal record as a result of his or her company, that person can no longer participate in the industry because one of the requirements is that the person must not have a criminal record. No. So in short, the person would be shooting themselves in the foot if they operate a security company, yet they are not registered. Guys, you can call Sira on 0861077472, right? That's the primary number, but there is a, a help desk number. Then if it's 24 hours, um, but of course, if you use the email info at psira.co.za, your complaint, your issue will be escalated to the region that it's applicable for. We've enjoyed talking to Kualani Guala, and, and I hope we will get to speak to you again, Western Cape uh, Regional Manager for Sira. And I hope Eric is, is happy with your response because Eric wants, doesn't want to pay his, his 50 and 70 rand uh, not knowing where it goes. I think it is, it's, it's not going to a bad service. So I, I don't work in Eric's field, but hearing you speak this evening... I reckon we need you to to take up these actions. We can't have um, fly-by-night private security companies. That's like arming a a group of vigilantes or something. You know, if if I could say something um, meant to allay Eric's fears, Sira has embarked on on on, 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 on a roadshow where it presents its uh, annual report. Uh, I know for a fact that uh, this past Monday they were in KZN in Richards Bay. Uh, I'm sure they will be coming to Cape Town very, very soon. Uh, That will be our head office. Now, this is where people like Eric will see what Sira is doing with the money that um, is received from the industry. All the money that uh, security officers and security companies are paying to Sira for whatever reason, mm. be it the renewal of cards, the renewal of certificates, anything, the registration fees. 
those will be explained in the in these uh, roadshows that will be happening very very shortly. On on your website as well, you've got some interesting circulars. I know I wanted to wrap up with you, but for some for some reason, I'm, I'm finding myself even more interest interested in in the web, uh, the web issues like issues like security dogs and handlers. You put out a circular just about this with reference to the requirements of the Performing Animals Protection Act, which is an yeah. act from 1935. <laughs> All security yeah. service provide, providers who use dogs are hereby reminded that they must successfully apply for a license and a certificate at the magistrate's court in which such applicant is operational situated. So there's a lot that goes into this, even the training of your animals and the licensing of that animal. The animal is licensed exactly. like, an, like a security official. That's true. That's true. And not everyone can handle that dog. Um, only those who are trained as dog handlers can handle dogs um, while they're doing their, their, their job. And a, a dog that is trained can, can perform a security uh, function. Oh, you guys are saying that any police officer, including an SPCA inspector, may at any reasonable time enter upon a premises, place or vehicle in which animals are maintained, and check on these animals. Inspect any such animals. You're, you're actually, as a good authority, reminding folks that if they don't abide by these rules, even though they're registered with you, they'll be in trouble with other authorities as well. That's- that's that's very true, sir. Um, they will get in trouble with the uh, SPCA and with Sierra as well. In fact, uh, we've had uh, in the past complaints where uh, SPCA picks up something that is wrong mm. in the industry. They take their own action and then they refer the matter to us for us to also look into the matter and take action that's necessary. So for all our friends who love animals who are listening tonight and know the security industry uses them, Guess what? Their fines not exceeding 4,000 rand or imprisonment. You can be imprisoned for a period of 12 months if you just break this issue, the issue of, of licensing and properly training your dogs. That's, that's pretty hectic, okay? Eh? And you also say yeah. that, that the company can be brought up on the improper conduct inquiries um, regulations for failure to meet the requirements. It is, Kalani, I hope you guys are, are um, looking, well, not looking into this, but, but uh, maintaining this, because sometimes I see security officials, you know, I, I used to see a security official around a local school, and I'm not saying the animal, just the animal just didn't look healthy. So I always worried about his dog. And if, if we see things like that, of course, we can, we can notify the SPCA. They will even act on your behalf. But it's good to know that you as a regulator prepared to, to um, take up the matter, keep the enforcement, keep the awareness. Yes, uh, we, we do tap into that space as well. It, it is a heck of a relationship. Uh, a, a dog handler, his or her animal, the company that... that that holds these animals, they go home to to what must be a company dog pen or wherever they're kept. So their safeguarding, um, excuse the pun, is also important. 
It's on that note that I'm going to let you go, sir, and thank you again for the time you spent with us and answering Eric's question. We will check with him if he's happy about your responses this evening. I must tell you to to a very comforting level, I am. I'm 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 pretty chuffed with the the care that you've taken and and um, the kind of information you gave us tonight. It was very enlightening. No, you're welcome anytime, sir. Thank you so much. Golani Gwala is the regional manager, Western Cape, private security industry regulator, regulatory authority.